0: Up next, Rob Smith is Problematic, part of the Gamers 360 Network. Superstar gymnast Simone Biles just did something that winners and champions simply don't do. She quit. But is the criticism being levied at her by conservatives warranted, or are we just not having enough compassion for someone dealing with real world mental health issues? This is Rob Smith is Problematic. <laughs> It is apparently Olympics week here at Rob Smith is Problematic. I talked a little bit about the Olympics last episode. I talked about how, you know, sports and the Olympics in general have just gotten so woke that people are tuning out. And I did not know that we were going to see the shocker that we saw this week, which is Simone Biles, who's probably... Um, one of the greatest athletes of all time, probably the greatest gymnast of all time, has pulled out of the Olympics. She, she withdrew from the individual, uh, competition. She withdrew from the team competition. And this is a, a pretty, big shock to the system for somebody who is such a superstar for somebody um who so many people had had um all of their hopes and all of their dreams kind of like pinned on this and and before we get into this i want you to listen to what simone biles had to say about this and i believe that this was a press conference that she did after this announcement after uh the announcement that she wasn't going to participate uh, but also after the women's women's gymnastics team had um competed without her and gotten a silver medal this is what she had to say
1: it would be a little bit better to take a backseat, uh work on my mindfulness and i knew that the girls would do an absolutely great job and i didn't want to risk the team a medal for uh kind of my screw-ups because they've worked way too hard for that so i just decided that those girls need to go in and do the rest of the competition no um no injury thankfully and that's why i took a Step back because i didn't want to do something silly out there and get injured so i thought it was best if these girls took over and did the rest of the job which they absolutely did they're olympic silver medalists now and they should be really proud of themselves for how well they did last minute having to go in um and it's been really stressful this olympic games i think just as a whole um not having an audience there are a lot of different variables going into it it's been a long week it's been a long olympic process it's been a long year um So just a lot of different variables, and I think we're just a little bit too stressed out, um, but we should be out here having fun, and sometimes that's not the case. Yeah, we're gonna take it a day at a time. I know tomorrow that we have um, a half day or at least the morning off, Um, so it'll be a good mental rest, and so we'll take it from there. So I was trying a two and a half, and I ended up doing a one and a half, just got a little bit lost in the air, um, which is really unfortunate, especially to have a score like that go up there for the team. Um, I feel like I robbed them of a couple of tenths, and we could have been a little bit higher in the rankings, but um, yeah, I was trying a two and a half, ended up doing a one and a half, which was definitely not my best work, um, so it's just something we have to go on in the gym and work on. Well, personally, I knew they'd be okay without me. Just watching them train, um, they're one of they're a couple of the strongest competitors I know. Their heads are always on straight, and they have a lot of dedication and courage. So I knew they were going to be just no. fine. So I wasn't worried. I know they were a little bit worried going in, and emotions were all over the place. But I think they just needed reassurance that they were going to be okay. And look, they were. They did it without me, and they're Olympic silver medalists.
0: And so I, I think that in these comments, I mean, you know, she seems remarkably. Um, level-headed. She seems very poised and very confident um, in her answers. And the the interesting thing about where the conversation is right now, and I'm going to get into Charlie Kirk in in a little bit. You guys know Charlie Kirk, who's the uh, founder of Turning Point USA, a place that I do some contributor work with. Uh, He's got a daily three-hour radio show. So he got in a little trouble with his comments. I'll get into them in a second. Uh, But first, I kind of want to tell you what I have to say about it. The reaction from conservatives that I saw, um, and, and I'll react to Charlie Kirk specifically after I play what he said, but overall the, the reaction from conservatives is 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 to be expected. You know, one of the criticisms that I have with the whole conservative movement and one of the criticisms that I have with a lot of the political commentators, it is almost as if these people have never been through anything. It is almost as if there's no compassion for what human beings are going through. And I think that sometimes people that have made their bones or made their career in conservative commentary are so quick to kind of be contrarian. Um, that they don't come off as compassionate. They come off as harsh. And and this is one of the big reasons why I think... That as a conservative movement, or that as conservatives in general, um, this is why they have such a hard time, sort of like getting into the mainstream, and this is why they have such a hard time really connecting to people. Because honestly, none of us will know what it's like to be Simone Biles. None of us will know what it's like to be an Olympic gymnast with that, with all of the the world she says on her shoulders. But we do know what it feels like to go through stuff. We do know what it feels like to go through a tough time. We do know what it feels like to to, to to just, you know, sometimes give up, sometimes not be able to perform to the best of our ability. And, And for conservatives... Instead of you know, recognizing that and instead of saying that, it's automatically we have to go against um, whatever this person is saying. And a lot of this has to do with this sort of media apparatus that we're in. But, but before I get into all that, I want to play you what Charlie Kirk had to say. He's, you know, he's been trending right now. He's being dragged all over the internet. This is what he had to say about Simone Biles pulling out.
2: Biles, who's obviously a very talented gymnast, Decided not to compete in the gold medal competition. Now, she probably could have just competed and just kind of checked the boxes and they would have got a gold medal. Simone Biles says, this Olympic Games, I wanted to be for myself when I came in. And I felt like I was still doing it for other people as she cried after the team event on Tuesday. So that just, it like hurts my heart because doing what I love has been kind of taken away from me to please other people. Yeah, that's the point, Simone Biles. You're representing your nation, you selfless, you're selfish sociopath. You kidding me? Today, it's like, you know what? I'm not going to do something stupid and get hurt. It's just not worth it, especially when you have like three amazing athletes that can step up to the plate and do it. So you know who has the gold medal? Russia russia i have to go look at these four foot eleven russian olympians chewing on their gold medals smirking at the americans i'm not okay with that but honestly that's where we're headed we are raising a generation of weak people like simone biles again if you want to be if she got all these mental health problems don't show up She's an incredible athlete. Of course she's an incredible athlete. I'm not saying. I just said she's probably the greatest gymnast of all time. She's also very selfish. She's immature. And she is a shame to the country. She's totally a sociopath. Of course she's a sociopath. Andrew said she's not a sociopath. What kind of person skips the gold medal match? Who does that? It's a shame to the nation. You just gave a gift to the Russians. Don't show up. If you're not ready for the big time, we got thousands of young female gymnasts that would love to take the place. Thousands. Simone Biles just showed the rest of the nation that when
0: things get tough, you shatter into a million pieces. And so Charlie Kirk is getting dragged all over the Internet about this. And, you know, a a part of the reason, okay, so one of the problems with the comments here is, first of all, um, a, a lot of the reaction to him has to do with this media apparatus that we're in. So we have a conservative media that exists in opposition to the mainstream media. And we have a mainstream media, the entertainment media, all of that stuff, all the celebrities that is so afraid to even attempt to be in any criticism of anything that these celebrities say or do, or in Simone Biles' case, don't do, that the conservative media apparatus kind of has to pick up the slack and it's like, okay, well, we're going to say what everybody else is afraid to say. And sometimes it, it really does just come off as crazy harsh, right? And... A lot of this, and, and I was literally going to tweet something about this yesterday, that I knew that when I saw the Simone Biles criticism bubbling up, I was like, this is being set up to be a white conservatives against poor little black girl Simone Biles. And I knew that this is exactly what's going on. And so obviously, 24 hours later, look who's trending. Matt Walsh is trending. Um, Charlie Kirk is trending. You know, two, two white guys that have very large megaphones that are criticizing, you know, this poor little black girl girl Simone Biles and I knew it's just so obvious to me what the narrative is going to be and I knew that it was coming and the thing about it is is that this fear of criticizing anyone, this fear of criticizing these multi-millionaire celebrities who have the world at their feet and, you know, when when Simone Biles said that she wasn't going to compete, now you got, you know, Michelle Obama supporting her and every major celebrity and everything like that. And it really does make me think whether or not Charlie really did have a point here. Okay, and so let's break down what he's saying. Uh, this Simone Biles is a sociopath. I mean, that's just, you know what? That is, when you do three hours of radio a day, and I've done three hours of radio just filling in for Buck Sexton, it is really hard, and sometimes you just have to say things to fill up the space. So I don't know what the sociopath thing was all about, but there are some very interesting points that he makes throughout, throughout this little screed, and let's break them down. First of all, He talks about, you know, this generation. He talks about how selfish this generation is and and sort of like how self-focused and self-obsessed this generation is. And there's a point to be made about that. I I believe Simone Biles is like 24 or something like that. And so this is the generation that is, you know, social media, all of that other stuff. And and I think that sometimes they get – very affected by what's going on on social media. And then, you know, you read uh, in Piers Morgan, you know, when he criticized her for pulling out, he said something about, she had said something about being on Twitter and all that other stuff. And so I think that there's really something going on with the social media apparatus and with the media apparatus in general um, and with these younger people. It's almost like they're, they're not built to last they're not built to, I don't know if it's that they're not built to compete, it's that there's something going on with the mental health of this generation. I think it has a lot to do with social media. And I I think that honestly, instead of just, you know, every, instead of conservatives, like really just bashing her, and instead of um, the mainstream media and liberal Hollywood celebrities just, you know, wrapping themselves around her like, oh, you poor little victim, it may be really time for us to talk about what, you know, this social media apparatus and what all of this stuff is doing to the mental health of our younger generation. You know, Simone Biles is 24, you know, I'm, I'm in my thirties. So, you know, I can definitely say um that this is a younger generation. And I wouldn't say what Charlie said. I wouldn't say it in the way that he said it because that's just not my style. But like I said, you know, this is a free country. He's allowed to say what he wants, but I did come across something online that, and this is something that somebody wrote, and it's going, going kind of viral. And I wanted to read this because it really does put this into context. And this is what somebody wrote. It makes me so frustrated to see comments about Simone not being mentally tough enough or quitting on her team. We're talking about the same girl who was molested by her team doctor throughout her entire childhood and teen years. Won the World All-Around Championship title while passing a kidney stone. Put her body through an extra year of training through the pandemic added so much difficulty to her routines that the judges literally do not know how to properly rate her skills because they are so ahead of her time. All of this while maintaining her responsibilities to her endorsement deals, the media, personal relationships, etc. And some people can still honestly say, Simone Biles is soft, she is a quitter. That girl has endured more trauma by the age of 24 than most people will ever go through in a lifetime. And I thought that this was a very interesting take on this. And and while Simone Biles whether or not she's gone through any more or less trauma than anybody else, you know, who knows. I know there's a lot of pressure there. But like I said, there's Charlie's got a point here. There is something broken in this younger generation. There is something that doesn't fight. There is something that doesn't stand up to a challenge. And there's something to be said about the fact that this younger generation has everything literally in the palm of their hands with social media. And so many of them have just become, you know, very, very wealthy through social media and even in, you know, political commentary and all that stuff. You will be around younger people that are that are doing this, that are doing some of the, the kind of same things that I'm doing now. And, you know, they'll have podcasts and they'll be political commentators and you will talk to some of these people and they literally can't even look you in the eye. But they're so big on Twitter and, and they have so much to say on cable news and all this other stuff. There's something going on in, in this younger generation, something that doesn't fight, something that doesn't push through to a challenge, but also, and this was, I, I think, a point that, that Charlie was inarticulately getting at was that there's something about this generation that doesn't see anything as for the greater good. Whereas a previous generation of Olympians would not say what Simone Biles said, which is, you know, I've got to make sure that I'm going out and doing this for me. And if I'm not doing this for me, then, then why am I doing it? This is literally what you heard her say in this clip. And that's a problem. And when I talked on my last episode about the Olympics and I talked about all this stuff and I talked about people tuning out of the Olympics just because, quite frankly, people don't see anything to fight for when it comes to America. And there's an element of that to this as well. And of course, this is all speculatory, but do you think Simone Biles doesn't see um, the BLM protests? Do you think that she doesn't see this anti-American sentiment? Does she think she doesn't see um, all of the people saying that, you know, you are somehow, um, you know, America is not something worthy of being protected or being fought for or whatever? Do you think that there's an element of that that does not factor into her decision to say, I'm just not going to compete? And knowing that all of these people are not going to question, or the only people that are that are going to have any sort of problem with this or say anything contrarian about it, um, are these conservatives, are these sort of white male conservatives. And then she knows, just like everybody else knows, that as soon as they say something, they'll be smeared as racists. Piers Morgan, Charlie Kirk, Matt Walsh, you know? And so there's there's something in there, and there's something in this newer generation, and there's something that is in this decision that is saying that why should america be worth fighting for i need to put myself above my country and i am more important than my country i'm more important than this team i'm more important than anything else i think that that is likely what what charlie kirk and and matt walsh are trying to get at that is likely um why there's so many commentators that um are sports commentators that are probably terrified again, unpopular opinions are terrifying nowadays. This is probably why a lot of these you know ESPN commentators, sports network commentators are terrified to say anything else but what the Michelle Obamas of the world are saying, which is, you know, focus on your mental health, do you and all that other stuff and I'm not saying that that is not important. It is important for her to focus on her mental health. and you know what if She's not going to do the Olympics, and she's not going to do the Olympics, and that is for her and her alone to make. That is a decision that is hers to make. But it says something about this generation. It says something about the way that we now have Olympians seeing America that the sacrifice couldn't have been made for the greater good. And for the greater good, I mean for the country, for America, because now, like Charlie Kirk said, um, we've got Russians that got gold. And if you think that this stuff doesn't factor into the fact that, you know, we have, um, remember I told you guys a couple months ago, we have the U.S. Army cartoon ad um, about the girl with lesbian parents and all, and she's going into the military. And you juxtapose that with the Russian military ad where it's just like this badass with a shaved head that's like jumping out of airplanes and, and doing Navy SEAL stuff. So all of these things really do, coalesce with one another all of these things have something to do with one another and while I'm not going to knock Simone Biles too hard because I am I am empathetic to what she is going through this decision speaks to a lack of of strength and a bit of of a lack of I don't want to say character, but it is certainly a lack of putting the importance of team and country over the importance of oneself, because that is what it is. This is literally the me generation. And when you have a me generation, when you have people that are not putting the well-being or the performance of their country, the performance of their teammates, the performance of how America is seen around the world uh, before themselves, you're going to have a problem. So I am very interested to see how the standards that are being set right now are going to trickle through in the future of the Olympics. And like I said, what I have said, uh, what Charlie Kirk said in the way that he said it, probably not. Um, What I have said, what, you know, Piers Morgan said in the way that they said it, probably not. But these guys have a point. And if we're ignoring the point that they're making – then we're doing ourselves a disservice because there is something going on with this younger generation. There is something going on with Americans nowadays. There is something going on that needs to be fixed. And we cannot fix it if we can't even talk about it. Next up, a rapper says something stupid and is roundly criticized by the music industry, but are they being hypocrites? I will tell you what he said and why I think they are after the break. Let's talk about a little uh, pop culture. Let's talk about something that is going on in the music industry right now. So there is a rapper named Lil Baby. You may or may not have heard about him, like I said. It's so funny because I know that I have uh, audience and I have uh, problematics from such different parts of the spectrum. I know some of you guys probably don't have any idea who this person is. Um, Some of you guys are like, yeah, Lil Baby, you know, I love him. Uh, Lil Baby made some really, really dumb comments while performing at the Rolling Loud Festival, I believe it was in Miami. It was a music festival in Miami, and I'm going to play you exactly what he said.
3: You didn't show up today with HIV, AIDS, any of them deadly sexual transmitted diseases that'll make you die in two, three weeks. Put a cell phone like up, Lady, if your smell like water, put a cell phone like up, Fellas. Let up, Fellas, if you ain't sucking the parking lot, put
0: your cell phone like Let's be real bad.
2: then. This- Keep it
0: okay, so yeah, this was stupid, and this was dumb, and, you know, it was homophobic, and it was, you know, it, it was just, it was a stupid thing to say about, you know, HIV, AIDS, and, and all of this stuff, so obviously... Um, there is a firestorm that came out on social media. So Elton John comes out against him. And, and Elton John, you know, who, who's had the, uh, the Elton John HIV AIDS Foundation that has done wonderful work for decades. So Elton John says, um, this is, you know, uh, this pushes HIV AIDS stigma. We should really be past this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now you got Dua Lipa. Who's another pop star? She came out. She had a song called Levitating with the Baby. It was a good song. It was number two on the Billboard Hot 100. So she goes to Instagram and she says, This is what she's writing on Instagram. I'm surprised and horrified at the baby's comments. I really don't recognize this as the person I work with. I know my fans know where my heart lies and that I stand 100% with the LGBTQ community. We need to come together and fight the stigma and ignorance around HIV/AIDS. So, and this is basically, you know, so he's getting dragged all over the internet, you know, people are saying, oh, he's homophobic, cancel, cancel the baby, cancel all of this stuff and all of that stuff. Okay. But this is the issue that I have. And obviously, like I said, what he said is stupid. Like, I'm not defending that. But... What irritates me about this industry and what irritates me about these, these brain-dead rappers that they make famous and, you know, they say they represent the culture and, you know, they make about 15 of these idiots famous a year at this point. Um, and they've been doing it for the past decade. So they pick these kids up off the streets that have absolutely zero, like, nothing to say they make them these famous rappers that you know they wrap them up in in luxury goods and all of this other stuff and they push these people out to them and so let me read you some lyrics to a the baby song all right i'm really the baby she know her youngest son was always guaranteed to get the money she know her baby boy was always guaranteed to get the loot she know what i do she know for i run from an n i'm gonna pull it out and shoot PTSD I'm always waking up in cold sl- sweats like I got the flu. My daughter G, she saw me kill an N in front of her before the age of two. This is the kind of stuff that he's putting out there. This is the kind of the, the kind of garbage um that is being put out. And what irritates the most, what irritates me the most about all of this stuff, is that nobody has problems with the baby talking about how he shoots people. Nobody has problems to, uh, with the baby talking about how he killed some man in front of his daughter before she was two. Nobody has issues with the baby talking about smoking weed and popping pills and doing violence and selling drugs and doing all of this other stuff. This dude was a felon before he became a famous rapper. Nobody has an issue with that because that is what the culture appreciates and that is what the culture celebrates and that is what these music industry executives are using to sell poison to the minds of young black people. So these people, Dua Lipa didn't have any problem with that. Dua Lipa didn't have a single problem with the baby rapping about killing with killing people, killing other black men. Dua Lipa didn't have a problem with the baby talking about killing a man in front of his infant daughter. Dua Lipa didn't have a problem with the baby doing any of this stuff because this is what they expect for these young black rappers to be. They expect them to be stupid. They expect them to be ignorant. They expect them to be uneducated. They expect them to talk about killing and fighting and shooting and doing all of this stuff. They expect that. They celebrate that. They love that. They give that money. They make that a millionaire. But as soon as he says something that is quote unquote homophobic, oh my God, I had no idea that this is who this person was. Oh, he talks about HIV AIDS in a way that is stupid and ignorant and uneducated. I had no idea. Well, of course you had an idea that somebody this stupid was going to be that stupid when it came to HIV AIDS. Of course you had an idea that somebody that is this stupid and this repugnant is going to be this stupid and repugnant when it came to talking about AIDS, uh, when it came to talking about um, gay people, right? But the thing about it is, is that the culture is so rotten, and I'm going to I'm gonna do an episode in the future, and I'm literally going to call it The Culture is So Rotten. The culture is so rotten that this is accepted, that that was loved. Oh, he talks about killing a man in front of his daughter. Nobody's offended about that. But as soon as he says the wrong thing about gays or as soon as he says the 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 non-PC thing um, about HIV AIDS, then we have to, you know, he he got dropped by some fashion label and then Dua Leap has to say something. Um, and then Elton John, you know, has to go for him. And, and then everybody has to to kind of like speak up about this. And so to me, it's hypocritical. And like I said, again, I'm not defending stupid stuff that he said because it's stu- it's ignorant it's uneducated it's ridiculous but this man has built a career saying things that are ridiculous uneducated and stupid and violent but now this is the the thing that people have the problem with and look you know i'm not gonna rant too much about hip-hop and r&b that industry is what it is This was just a case in point that I found so, I found it deeply hypocritical. And it it, it makes me sad sometimes that this is what's popular, that this is what people listen to, that this is just what's going on right now. I mean, I don't listen, I mean, the the stuff that I listen to, like I listen to, I don't really listen to any of these, I I call them the, the, the dummies, you know, the dummy rappers that they get up and they're 23 year old kids and then they, you know, they probably sign them to some awful deal and then they pump all this money into them and they, and they make them famous so that they can push this filth into the minds of young black men so now young black men think that that's how they have to be and the vast majority of them that do not have the wealth and money and fame and power that protects somebody like little baby they go out there running around acting like that they're going to be in jail they're going to be shot or killed so i have a real issue with that And that's not to defend what he said, but it is, how is what he said about gay people that much worse than what he says about killing people in front of his daughters? How is what he said about HIV AIDS so much worse than what he says about um, doing drugs and killing people and all of that stuff? The, the, The real tea is that it's not. It's not at all. But it's very hypocritical of that industry to say... You say all of this stuff, we're going to reward you. But don't you say the wrong thing about HIV-AIDS. Don't you say the wrong thing about gays. We can't tolerate that. Oh, no, no, that's too far. So go ahead and just keep on rapping about killing other black men. Go ahead and keep on rapping about shooting. Go ahead and keep on rapping about selling drugs. Go ahead and keep on rapping about, you know, shooting people in front of your toddler daughter. You go ahead and do that. So, the baby, now you know who owns you. These people that make a lot of money and know that you will make a lot of money by rapping about killing people or rapping about shooting people. Now you know what you can say. You want to talk about shooting and killing black men? Oh, my God. Do that all day long. You want to talk about selling drugs? Oh, you do that all day long. You can talk about the destruction of your community and the destruction of people that look like you all day long, but you better not say anything about those gays. You better not say anything about HIV AIDS because then we will come for you. And if you don't see the, the hypocrisy and all of that stuff and you just don't see how rotten and rotted that culture is, I don't know what to say to you. But that's what it is. So now, little baby, you know what you can say and what you can't say. So go ahead and uh, write a couple more raps about killing people. Your handlers will love that. Coming up, vaccine confusion is at an all-time high and the White House isn't helping. I'm going to break down their latest flip-flop after the break. I do not like that people are being pressured to take the coronavirus vaccine. I hate it. I hate it because the question that that I want to ask is that at what point in American society did we start thinking it's okay to pressure people to do things with their body that they do not want to do? if people do not want to take this vaccine, they should not have to take it. I believe that these mandates are wrong. I believe that mandating federal employees to take the vaccine is wrong. I feel like mandating active duty soldiers to take this vaccine is wrong. I feel like mandating um, frontline healthcare workers to take this vaccine is wrong. I think this is deeply wrong. It is so wrong. And I hate that there are so many people just going along with putting this power in the hands of the government to be able to mandate what you do or do not do with your own body, with something that you want to put in your own body. And when did it become okay to ask people about their private health information, like asking about someone's vaccine status? And it became okay because it has become a virtue signal. I was talking with a friend the other night. And, you know, he's a um, he's a closeted conservative. And, you know, he was around um, one of, you know, somebody that, that he works with. And they, they just started going in about the vaccine. And, oh, I took the vaccine because of this reason, blah, blah, blah. Um, and whether you're vaccinated or not has become such a virtue signal that this person, he didn't know what to say. And he just went ahead and, and pretended like he was vaccinated when he's not vaccinated. He doesn't want to take the vaccine. He doesn't want to have that. Substance in his body. And now, even outside of all of that stuff, we are getting so much mixed messaging about this vaccine. And we're getting so much mixed messaging about whether or not it protects you or how much it protects you or does it protect you from these variants or whatever. And the Biden administration and their lackeys in the press room aren't doing any favors Um, in clarifying anything at all. In in fact, it's like they make this stuff even more confusing. Listen to this exchange between Fox News reporter Peter Ducey and White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki.
2: Saying this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. If that is coming from the CDC, is the president satisfied with the leadership at the CDC right now?
3: The president is satisfied uh, with the fact that they are continuing to look at public health data uh, and give provide public health guidance to the American public about how they can protect their lives and the lives of loved ones around them.
0: And if it's a
2: pandemic of the unvaccinated still, then why do vaccinated people need to put the masks back on?
3: Well, Peter, first of all, I would say again, just to go back to this chart, which I will handily point to again, if you were vaccinated, if you were vaccinated, your life, it can save your life. And I think the clear data shows um, that this pandemic is killing, is hospitalizing, is making people very sick who are not vaccinated. That still continues to be the case, uh, regardless of what the mask guidance looks like. The
2: vaccines work, which this sign says that they do. Then why do people who have had the vaccine need to now wear masks, the same as people who have not had it.
3: Because the public health uh, leaders in our administration have made the determination based on data that that is a way to make sure they're protected, their loved ones are protected, uh, and that's an extra step given the transmissibility of the virus that that they're advising people to take.
0: This is also silly and it makes zero sense and when you watch the clip, you, when you watch the TV clip, you know, she doesn't even look like she believes this crap. And so Peter Ducey, God bless Peter Ducey, who's the only person asking any real questions um, in that White House you know, press briefing room. And that's the, the question. The question is this. If you're saying that what's going on right now and the people that are still being hospitalized and dying of COVID, and, and, and mind you, we still don't get these numbers. And, and when the numbers do come out, we realize that the people that are still being hospitalized, remember, there, there were these numbers that came out, 80% of these people were obese, um, 85% of them had other comorbidities, you know, upwards of 75% of them were over a certain age. So it, it's still almost a year and a half into this we still can't have an honest conversation about who's really being affected by coronavirus and these variants. It is the elderly. It is the obese. It is people with comorbidities. And so now we have to participate in this sort of mass uh, delusion, in this fiction, that there, is, there are somehow... 23-year-olds um, dropping dead from coronavirus and from this Delta variant. It, it's just not true. And now that they've gotten the vaccines out there and that all of these people have completely flip-flopped on how they felt about the vaccine because these people before Biden was quote-unquote elected, uh, these people were sowing all sorts of doubt about the vaccine. Joy Reid and, and Rachel Maddow and, and all of these people did nothing but sow doubt about the vaccine. And so now that their guy's in And they want to, you know, pressure people to take this vaccine. Now all the vaccines are great. And if the vaccine does work, and I have no doubt that it works, I'm sure that it does. I am sure that this vaccine is going to work on people that haven't gotten coronavirus. So the vaccine works. And a part of the selling point of the vaccine was so that you would not have to wear masks anymore, so that you would not have to exist in, in this strange you know, world of masks anymore, then why are they re- reviewing the mask guidance? And why are we going back to masks again? I'm going to be in Vegas in a couple of weeks, and now they've got the mask mandate, and I know that I'm going to be in New York for a couple of days, and I know that something's going to go on there, and it's just exhausting. It is exhausting. And while we're talking about it, while we're talking about this crisis of the unvaccinated, why are people participating in this complete fiction that is those evil white Trump voters that aren't taking it? They are participating in this fiction and this talking point that it is Republicans and it is these evil white men and it is evil conservatives that do not want to take the vaccine. When we know, and the numbers tell you, that black and Latino people are the least likely of any group to want to take this vaccine. And right, and look, you can't talk to black people and you can't force them to want to, to, to take the vaccine. You can't force them to not be critical and to not be um a little skittish of something that the government is mandating for for us, you know, quote unquote for the greater good. And this vaccine and this entire push, and even you know, last year during the coronavirus stuff with the masks and all that stuff. The way in which this was pushed to black audiences was relentless. And I'm going to give you some anecdotal evidence. When I walk out in my real life and I haven't worn the mask inside or outside for a really long time, the only place that I will wear it right now is on the airplane. I will not wear it anywhere else. And the only reason I wear it on the airplane is because, you know, I just don't want to cause an international incident, whatever. But the only people that I see wearing these masks outside by themselves with nobody else around them, they're always black people. They are always black people. Their propaganda is always pushed with so much force on black people. And the real story right now and the thing that nobody is talking about is why are black people so hesitant to take this vaccine? After all of this push, after all of the the good black blue check liberals pushing the vaccine, why are people still not listening to them? Why are black people still not interested in taking this vaccine? It is an interesting question. and It is a question that nobody is asking right now. So if the Biden administration and all of these powers that be and and the CDC people and all of that stuff – if you want people to trust in this vaccine and to take it, you are doing this all wrong. You ever heard the, um, the saying that you get more flies with, with uh, well, you get more bees with honey than vinegar? You don't bully or shame people into doing something with their own body. Into injecting a substance that, by the way, the only FDA authorization was an emergency authorization, right? So don't bully or shame people into this. Don't call the current COVID crisis, quote unquote, a crisis of the unvaccinated when people know that that's not the case. When people know that at this point, the vast majority of people will not get very sick from coronavirus. We know this now. And what I think this is all about and what I think is going on here is that They are pushing fear nonstop. They are pushing coronavirus fear. They are doing this stupid January 6th commission. They are pushing this fear. These people are pushing nonstop fear of conservatives, of quote-unquote Trump voters, of quote-unquote people that ask any questions about any of this stuff. You are just not allowed to question any of it. Just shut up. Take the vaccine. And if you've taken the vaccine, then put on the masks. Why? Because we told you so. This is where we're at right now. I don't know that this is a moment that can keep up like this. I don't know if we can continue to be goaded into looking at each other with fear and distrust. I don't know if we can be continue to be bullied into not questioning um, our government overlords when they say that we should put a foreign substance into our bodies. I do not know that this moment can last. Like I told you last episode, people are standing up against this. People are tired of it. People are tired of these people um, in their never-ending thirst for power, in the, the fact that they will do anything to keep this power. People are getting tired of it. People are getting fed up. People are standing up. People are asking questions. People are saying, Stop, leave me alone. Stop telling me what to do with my body. Stop telling me that I should take this vaccine when I don't want to take the vaccine. Stop telling me that I'm going to die from coronavirus when I'm 32 years old and I'm at a healthy weight. And I don't have any comorbidity. Stop lying to me. So the question is, when will these people stop lying? When will they stop sowing discord? When will they stop sowing hatred? When will they stop sowing distrust of other people? And I think the only time that they will truly stop is when they are taken out of power and they are not able to enforce their will on the American people anymore. So bring on 2022 and 2024 because we're going to be seeing a lot more of this stuff in the foreseeable future. I want to thank my fellow Problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RobSmithOnline. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher, Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers, and speaker, Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.